I always love hearing Kenny's poetry and writing and brings so much to life and so much of Kenny, Kenny that we get to know through that. So thank you for sharing, Kenny. Okay, if we could be turning our Bibles to where do you guess? Ephesians chapter 1. Long awaited, today is the day we are diving into the book of Ephesians. And what we're going to do today, I'm excited about, is we're going to take about 20 or 25 minutes in the text here, uh, preaching and teaching and attempting to uh, illuminate this incredible uh, passage of Scripture, which it all is, but this is uh, amazing as I've spent a number of hours in it recently. And then what we're going to do is take communion, and then we're going to have some time of discussion. Okay? And so if you're watching online, uh, get ready with those. We have some discussion questions at the end. If you have questions, uh, you can type those in, but also we have questions for you to kind of respond to and think about. And what I'm hoping is that we'll have some interaction with those at home, a uh, number of people in the building here today, and uh, we're going to have a panel, okay? Dustin and Eli and myself are going to be up here, and we're going to be talking a little bit. So uh, the goal is to have to interact with this message. Uh, we get so much more out of the scriptures, right, when we engage and interact with it versus just, uh, versus just being preached to. Okay, let me, let me turn this bad boy on, see if this is working. Uh, the title of our message today is Lavish Spiritual Blessing. Who, who could use a blessing today? I don't know about you, but sometimes you have weeks where it just seems like if it could go wrong, it goes wrong. Are you with me there? Sometimes, I had not quite that kind of week, but even this morning, it felt like everything was going wrong. Computer's not working, printer's not working. I literally just found the clicker I, right as I came up here. I thought I lost that. Anyways, we need a blessing from God. Are you with me? And this talks, Paul talks about the riches of God blessing the Christians in Christ and lavishing those riches on us. So I really hope this is an, an encouraging uh, message. Now I appreciate Eli introducing the book of Ephesians last week. And as we begin really our study of the text, I want us to listen to the impact on John McKay, former president of Princeton, Princeton's Theological Seminary. He said, to this book I owe my life. I saw a new world. Everything was new. I had a new outlook, new experiences, new attitudes to other people. I loved God. Jesus Christ became the center of everything. I was really alive. So our theme is all things new. Revelation 21, God is in the business of bringing newness into our lives on a grand scale with the kingdom of God and on an individual scale as we renew our minds day by day. You know, Ephesians originally was written to a crumbling society, social disintegration, and a vision of community in a world of disunity is what Ephesians presents. It's a vision of oneness. It's a vision of reconciliation in place of alienation. It's a vision of peace instead of war. Do we think our world needs the message of Ephesians today? I don't know about you, but I see, I, it literally feels before me like there's a crumbling going on. And we don't know what's going to, you know, in the United States, it's a very interesting time to live. It's a historical time, and we don't know what's going to happen even this week. 
but we can know that the kingdom of God is unshakable. Amen? And I honestly pray, whatever needs to happen, needs to happen. Let it be as many as possible come to seek God. Come to seek something that is unshakable. Amen? Our world is so divided. We need a new unity. The answer is not the kingdom of the left, nor the kingdom of the right. It's a kingdom where the dividing walls of hostility are broken down. A kingdom where all nations are gathered. A kingdom where the lion and the lamb both lie down in peace. It's the kingdom where Jew, Gentile, rich, poor, black, white, conservative, liberal can all join together and be one on the deepest of levels. Not just one because we don't talk about it, but one in Christ. Can I get a witness? It's the kingdom of God in Christ filled with the Holy Spirit. Now this is all fine and dandy to talk about, but Paul said he was an expert builder. So how do we go about building this into our community? This vision of blessing and joy and oneness in Christ. How do we go about building that? The book of Ephesians is like a blueprint. It's a beautiful book because it's written not just to the church in Ephesus, it's written to it was designed to be passed around to a number of the churches in Asia. And so its message is uh, universal and timeless. So as much as it could be written to the church in Ephesus, it could also be written to the church in Eau Claire. Amen? So that's exciting. So here we, Paul, here we go as Paul undertakes, how do we build this vision? Uh, a little bit of an overview. There's a number of outlines you could use for the book of Ephesians, but I want to, this is a good one. I like it. Uh, it's pretty simple. Chapters 1 and 2 talk about the new life in Christ. Not just individually, but collectively we have a new life in Christ. To, in, to understand this life, to internalize it and become it. Chapters 2 and 3 talk about a new society in Christ. You know, spirituality oftentimes compares you know, I'm into God, but I'm not into church. That's a very popular idea of spirituality. It's very individualized, especially in our Western culture. Listen, the Bible has nothing to do with individual spirituality like that. If we're in Christ, if I'm in Christ, and Avery's in Christ, then we are in Christ together. And we got to figure out how to do this together thing. Can I get a witness? All right. Um, so there's a new society in Christ. Ephesians uses the terms adoption, family, the body of Christ. All of us, Jews, Gentiles, are together. Listen, we're, our division is nothing compared to the Jews and Gentiles of the first century. There was a level of hatred and animosity, and Paul is trying to build this thing together. A new society in Christ. If that's going to happen, there's new standards in Christ. New standards of unity, new standards, new standards of purity, both personal and collectively. In chapters 5 and 6, new, new relationships in Christ. Um, our relationships to our families, there's husbands and wives, parents, children, uh, addressed in Ephesians, as well as our relationship to evil, the spiritual forces of evil. Listen, we are not, one another is not, the problem, it's the spiritual forces of evil trying to destroy and divide. So the thesis of our message today is new unity begins with understanding the riches and glory 
of our spiritual blessings in Christ. Our new unity begins. Where's Paul starting Ephesians? This is where we're going to start. We have to understand the riches of the blessings we have in Christ. So often we forget, we don't really get what really happens when we enter into Christ. And Paul's so fired up about this. This first chapter is just like a, it's a song. It's like a praise. He just goes on and on. This is, this first section here we're going to look at is one of the longest run-on sentences that the Apostle Paul uh, uses in all his writings. And it's more, it's, it's, it's that way because it's just kind of a, an overflow of his zeal and joy. He's exuberant. He's so fired up in Christ that he just keeps kind of going on and on. And uh, we're going to try to break this down. Okay, let's look in uh, chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are at Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you. In peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to stop right there. This is the introduction of the blessing. The introduction of the blessing. Paul says, I am an apostle. Uh, what does that mean? Apostle means sent one or a messenger. I, he's sent from God to the church with a message. Sent one. You know, as a church, we want to be a sending church. We're just not a gathering church where we come and we get entertained, right? We're a sending church. We're come, we come to be equipped, to be inspired, and then we are sent out into the world. We're sent into the neighborhoods. We're sent to our workplace. We send missionaries all over the country in the world. Paul was a sent one. Uh, he was sent uh, of Christ. He's an apostle of Christ. You know, it's interesting. Once he was a Pharisee of Pharisees, persecuting Jesus and his followers, sent not to advocate the blessings in Christ, but to murder, to kill disciples of Jesus. But Jesus stopped him in his tracks. He believed and repented. He was baptized into Christ, and he has a completely new life, a completely transformed. Think about what he was feeling as he writes, Paul, apostle of Jesus Christ. He had to just stop and be like, that's amazing. What a transformation. Amen? And this is the power of Christ in us. Transforms our minds, hearts, souls, and lives. Um, sent to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. And that's in, found in chapter uh, 3, I think verse 7. The unfathomable riches of of Christ to the Gentiles. And he says it's by the will of God. He didn't choose it. He didn't volunteer. The church, church didn't choose him. He wasn't asked by, you know, chief apostle Peter to go be it. He was sent by the will of God. And this is, if you're sent as, as disciples, we're sent. We need to know we're not sent by our spiritual leaders. We are sent by the will of God into our schools, workplaces, communities. Amen to carry a message. And what was his message? Grace and peace to you. Really does summarize. If there's two words, you could put this whole letter in. Grace and peace. If there's something that humanity needs, what, we, what you and I need this morning, it's grace and peace. Anyone feel guilty today? Anyone sinned last week? Well, you know what you need today? You need the grace of Jesus. 
So much of these first three chapters talk about the grace of Christ in peace. To the saints. To the saints. Interesting. We don't call each other saints very much anymore. Unfortunately, the Catholic Church has made sainthood something that where you have to be holier, that you have to be like I'm an amazing disciple, miracles worked through you, right, to be designated a saint by the church. Paul said, no, that's how All of us are saints. David Hahn, greetings to you, saint. Nikki, you, hello, saint. Right? Jordan, you are a saint. It's interesting what happens to us, and we're going to discuss that. What happens to us when, Kenny, when, if I say, hello, saint, immediately what do you think of? We're going to talk about that, okay? Because we're uncomfortable with being a saint. Uh, holy ones, set apart in Ephesus, in Laodicea, in Colossae, in Eau Claire. It's, it's, it's indicative of there's, we all live in two zip codes. We have our heavenly zip code and we have our earthly zip code. And now is the time where we have to live in both. Before we were just of the earth, but then we were adopted. We were brought into, the, uh, uh, we were chosen and we were brought into Christ. And now we are in this in-between time of fully uh, the age to come, breaking fully in and yet not in the old, as the old people, right? The, not the old people, that was wrong. Our old man, our old woman, outside of Christ. Now we're in this in-between time, and there's a lot of insight into why we struggle the way we do, who are faithful in Jesus. Okay, let's move on. Verse 3. So the first point is uh, the introduction of the blessing. This is the realm of the blessing. Chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places or in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Let's just stop right there. You know, when we think of blessing, if something were to happen to you and you're just like, oh, I just had the, what a blessing. It would probably be something physical, something circumstantial that was, oh, this amazing blessing. I want us to remember and be reminded of Paul's physical circumstances as he's writing this. Paul's not on a tropical vacation in Cancun, and he's just feeling so blessed. No, he's in quarantine still. He's in prison, chained to a Roman guard. Now, it's house arrest, but he still he can't go where he wants to go. He's not free. He's not able to go and visit the churches. He's in chains. He's chained to a Roman guard, and so... That's not the ideal circumstance, would you say? He's being persecuted. We know that many Jews, many uh, leaders, even of the church, are opposing him. Uh, he's in pain. He's in prison. He's persecuted. He's in pain. He talks about this thorn in the flesh, which is probably a chronic pain that he's experiencing. Uh, emotional pain. People uh, turning on him, uh, abandoning him. Mental pain. He says, I face daily the pressure, the burden of my concern for all the churches. Who is not led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? Emotional pain, mental pain, relationship pain, physical pain. Okay, so his physical circumstances are hurting, and yet he's writing of this amazing blessing. Why? Because the blessing is not in the physical realm, it's in the spiritual realm. 
the spiritual blessing into heavenly places. He's talking about the spiritual realm there. You know, in the Old Testament, there were promises of physical blessings, okay? If you seek God, you're going to have many children, a good harvest, an abundance of cattle and sheep, um, and leadership among the nations. And so there's this, this, we see the physical blessing, but that can carry into the new covenant, and that can carry into our lives. We think, well, if I seek God, then things are going to go better. I'm going to make the basketball team. I'm going to get better. Everything's just going to go well. That's why I'm seeking God. Problem. That's not, that's, that's the physical realm we're, we're thinking of. The blessings sure are in physical realm. They carry over into that, but it's absolutely in primarily the spiritual realm. It's a spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing I have in Christ. Listen, has anyone experienced that life can be hard? Is anyone's life hard today? Right? Life is hard. Guess what? Uh, having a family, that can be hard. Marriage can be hard, right? Divorce is hard. Raising children, that's hard. Not having children is hard. Having brothers and sisters that you have to learn how to deal with, that can be hard, right? Being a disciple, that's hard. Uh, not being a disciple, that's hard too. You know, your football team not making even the playoffs, okay? That's hard. Um, pain is hard. Physical pain, a lot, of, that some, a lot of us deal with ongoing emotional pain, loss, death. It's hard. Work is hard. School is hard. Life is hard. And if we want life to be easy peasy, then we're going to be pretty discouraged, I think Paul's life actually here at this time in his life, it's really hard being the Apostle Paul. And yet he's overflowing with this incredible joy and praise because the realm of blessing is in the spiritual realm. How can the Bible say this? Consider every trial pure joy. How can you say that? How can every hardship be considered pure joy? It's hard, right? How can the, the Bible say, rejoice always? I'll say it again, rejoice. How can the Bible tell us to give thanks in all circumstances? It's not just this, and I appreciate Douglas's talk about attitude, right? Because we can change our attitude, but it's not just a positive mental turning. There's reasons. And you want to know the reason why we can give thanks, why we can rejoice, why we consider trials pure joy, is because we are the recipient of spiritual blessings regardless of our circumstances. Amen? So we can feel like, oh, if I were to get married, then I would have joy. Actually, the Bible says marriage can bring more trouble. So be careful what you wish for. <laughs> okay? Oh, if I were to have children... Oh, or if my children were to get past the diaper stage, then. But then you got to get them in and out of that car seat every single time, okay? Oh, once they get out of the car, once they graduate for, for college and leave for college, then I'll have joy. Oh, what a blessing. Not that I would ever feel that way as my children are staring at me with accusing looks, okay? Are you with me here? It's a spiritual blessing in the spiritual realms. This is why the Bible 
can say, all of these, no matter, regardless of your circumstances, no human, no physical, no earthly circumstance can touch the rich spiritual blessing, blessings that we have in Christ. Okay, now let's talk about what they are. We're going to read verse 4 through 14. What is Paul talking about with these rich spiritual blessings? Verse 4, it says, Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him. In love He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the kind intention of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, which He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In Him... We have redemption through His blood. Catch up here. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished on us. In all wisdom and insight, He made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His kind intention, which He purposed in Him, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth. In Him also we have obtained, excuse me, in, well, I'm, I got to get larger print. In Him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to His purpose, who works all things after the counsel of His will, to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. Well, now, if you're not careful, that just sound, can sound like a bunch, of, a bunch of religious words. But we got to break some of these down, okay? Let's talk about these, the riches of his blessing. First of all, we are chosen by the Father's Grace. Verses 4 through 6 talks about how we are chosen. We've, most of us have had experiences of not being chosen. How does that feel, right? I don't even think they do it in the, anymore, but back in my day, we used to line up in elementary school, and we would get chosen for teams. And we had the experience of being the last one chosen. That was so devastating, I think they changed the rules forever. They probably don't do that anymore. But, but how about maybe it's a middle school dance and we're all sitting on the bleachers, right? And what's every one of us is hoping to be chosen, right? Will you dance with me, okay? Um, this is why we all went to the bathroom at that time. We were escaping that horrible feeling of rejection. Chosen, in love. God has chosen us. God has chosen us. God has chosen, why has he chosen us? And he's chosen you, but he's also chosen us collectively. It's not just individual. He's chosen us because he loves us. It's in love. And then it says he's adopted us. So this idea of adoption means we're bringing, he's brought us into his family. He's brought us in, he wants to be our father. There's an incredible intimacy that now that this implies by the kind intention of his will. Another way of saying it is that it's his good pleasure. In other words, he's super fired up to adopt you and choose you into his family. Isn't that awesome? What a blessing that is. 
And why? It's because I'm good. It's because I'm going to be awesome. It's because I'm super spiritual. It's by His grace. So when we say that we're saints, what's the first thing to come to our minds? All of our unsaintliness. Amen? Are you with me? No, we are saints by His grace. And it's so hard for us to understand and receive grace. He has to be by His grace, which is graciously given. Grace is means a free gift. So it's a free gift that's incredibly freely given to you. It counters act all our merit mindset of what makes me good enough versus what disqualifies me. It's all a free gift. Amen? Secondly, we're redeemed by the Son's blood. This word redeemed has along the connotations of purchased deliverance. So it's not just deliverance from sin. It's a purchase. It's the Israelites who were purchased by God, the blood of the Lamb. Uh, us, we were redeemed. Deliverance from the enslavement. We have a new master, a new king, redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Forgiveness, grace, which is rich and lavishes on us. Too often we live by a thin grace mentality, thin ice grace. We're walking on thin ice because we, if we mess up one more time, it's probably it. I've probably gone outside the extent of God's grace. We, we don't understand the riches, the abundance of the grace of God, which He lavishes on us over and above and beyond. The blood of Jesus never runs out of mercy and forgiveness. It's timely and it's purposeful. And lastly, we're sealed by the Spirit's indwelling. Verse 13 and 14, talking about this, the Holy Spirit. So we see the Trinity at play here in Paul's theology, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is given as a pledge or a guarantee. That word is a lot like an engagement. So, so those, who are, those who are married, there was a moment you were engaged to be married. And that moment entered you into kind of a, you're no longer, you're not married yet, but you're no longer single. You're in this in-between engaged time. That's what describes us now as Christians in Christ. The Spirit was given as a pledge, as a ring, as a deposit of what's to come. Jesus has chosen us and has proposed to us and we've gotten engaged when we've repented and been baptized into Christ. We're engaged. Do we have the full riches of this blessing yet? No, not yet. That's in the age to come. But we have an installment. We have a down payment. We have a pledge. We have a guarantee. And so it's really about us understand, understanding and then receiving. And the second half of chapter 1 is Paul's prayer that the Ephesians would fully receive all these, the riches of these blessings that have been given. We're sealed. We're possessed by God, all to the praise of His glory. So as we build a new unity, it starts with understanding the riches of the spiritual blessings lavished on us in Christ and continues with this prayer that we would internalize them into the depths of our souls. Let's go ahead and take communion at this moment, and then we're going to have some time of discussion. And during communion... Um, 
actually, the, kind of the second half communion will show, will thro throw up some of these questions. And if you're watching online, we'd like you to type in maybe some of your responses to these questions, or if you have a question about the text itself, um, you can do that as well. And we'll have Eli and Dustin come up for some interaction. But let's go ahead and pray for communion at this time. All right, if I could have the guys come on up. Uh, again, we're still kind of experimenting with how best to do this, but uh, we have, uh, if you're watching online, uh, if you want to comment on any of these uh, discussion questions, and Dustin and Eli are kind of like a panel here, we're going to, not so much you ask us questions and we answer them, but more we all kind of interact with some of these discussion questions um, that we see here up on the screen. And then if you guys want to Maybe raise your hand and you can say it and then we'll repeat what you say for the, the people who are watching online. But I'd like to start with, what is our reaction in being called a saint? And how is that corrected by verses 3 through 14? Any thoughts on that or comments? Uh, sure, I'll start. Well, this actually really reminds me, I'm not, my response to this, a would probably used to be a lot different, but it's changing. Um, but it, it's like, I, I heard this story about this teacher. Um, she went into this terrible school, and she basically, what she did is she called the kids scholars. And even though they couldn't, they were, they couldn't read, they couldn't, most of them didn't know, they were not where they needed to be. Um, but she called them scholars every single day, like, like scholar Kenny, like that's what they were referred to. And so, and pretty soon, halfway through the school year, all of these kids were excelling. Um, and that wasn't the only thing that she did, but it just really reminds me of that and how this thing that seems above us, actually being continually called to it and, and reminded that that's who we, we are, who we're supposed to be, is, can actually totally lift our spirits and, and, bring, and just help, help us improve. So, Amen. Great. Sure, I could share. Um, <laughs> you know, even being aware of, you know, I, I think what you taught about being a saint, I think I've been aware of that understanding of a saint is not someone that's perfect or, you know, that's kind of the image that comes to my mind in terms of like the Catholic Church you mentioned and some of those ideas. Um, and yet, I, I, so I, I still, when, if I were to hear someone else say the word saint, I, th I would think they're talking about someone else, because I just don't use that term. I don't think about that term very often. Um, in one sense, it does refer to somebody that's perfect, but we're perfect because of grace, not because of our condition yeah. or attitudes yeah. on a you know, day to moment by moment basis. But uh, the thought I had actually, I don't know if this is helpful, but I, I saw, I'm not going to tell you who I looked at uh, during communion, but I saw someone without their mask on, and I had the thought, I never would have guessed that's what they would have looked like. <laughs> and I kind of think that's what we do spiritually, is we, we kind of see ourselves with a mask of sin on, and mm. when we look at the Bible, we peel the mask off, and we can see who we really are as Christians. And I thought that was a really powerful Amen. image that was planted in my head, yeah. but I think awesome. there's a lot of reason to to really digest the truths of what, what does that mean to be a saint. Amen. Soak that up. So. Dustin has only been here since we've had masks. <laughs> That's probably good to explain, yeah. So. Any other thoughts or comments on that? On that question? Go ahead, David. Okay, so David's question is, what, what does Paul mean by the term saint? Uh, 
in his, his calling them that. What, is, what did he mean by that? Great question, David. Well, saint means uh, not just perfection, though it does that mean that. It, it means set apart. Holy one, another way that's translated is holy ones. It means to be set apart for a sacred use. So he's, he's, he's communicating to the church that they are set apart. So they're, so they're not in the world. They're in, their citizenship is in, in heaven. Do you, either of you guys have a, another thought on that? That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. So there's a, a set-apartness. So this is our challenge to be in the world, but not of the world. And the, the mistake they made with in, in the late first millennia is the church got so bad spiritually that people felt like they had to go to the desert to be spiritual. So it's bad when you have to escape church to be spiritual. <laughs> Hopefully the people don't feel that here. Um, but they went so far that they just removed themselves from the world. And so there's an in but not of. Thanks, David, for asking that. Can I say something about that really quick? Uh, no, let's go ahead. No, uh, yeah. uh, no, so I think the idea of being distinct from the world, I think there can be a really cheesy subculture way to do that that has mm. nothing to do with being a Christian. Amen. And so I, when I think about the fruits of the Spirit, when I think about Christ-like character, that's what sets us apart from the world. It's not wearing a certain T-shirt or listening to certain music that has right. certain feel to it. So I think we get caught up with sort of sub-things that are not necessarily, they may be associated with it, but it's not, it's, it's not the thing that everybody wants to be set apart by that sort of stuff, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, but I think focus on the character of Christ and being set apart because of those things rather than what I would call the cheesy subculture that sometimes can exist. The religious, overly religious yeah. type. Um, Amen. I want to get to, I want to move on. We don't obviously have time to have all these questions, but I do want to talk about uh, the fourth question. which says, what impact does it have on our unity to realize that God has chosen before the foundation of the world, that God has chosen not just you, but us to be family and adopted us? What does that do to our mindset about us? Thoughts on that? Comments? Okay, it's hard to wrap your brain around. Megan is saying it's hard to wrap your brain around, but it's mind-blowing that the timing, so there's, if it's before the foundation of the world, you have got, there's you got a lot of theology going on here. You have God outside of time, but then able to insert in time. But he inserted Megan and Catherine into the same body at just the right time. I wonder why. So there's a purpose to why we were brought together. And so this is what Carter's saying is there's, if you're watching online, there's a purpose why we're brought together at this time. So in other words, maybe we were sent. Because mm. there's always a mission and a task. And I love how, as just even, even this hit me this morning, how when, the, when Jesus sent the disciples, one thing they always did was what? They came back to Jesus and reported to him what they had done. And I think we are sent, we're unified, and we will all collectively report back to Jesus. Did we accomplish the mission for which we were sent? Boom. That's inspiring. Jesse. So Jesse is commenting that when we look around, we're all so different. 
in, in it's easy, the world, to, the differences, what, what does the world say? How to interact with people who are different, right? Write them off, judge them as whatever. Up, bottom line, though, is distance. And that's Ephesians 2, the dividing wall of hostility is destroyed in Christ. So Jesse's saying, no, if we're doing this, if this is of Christ, those who are different than us in the church, what should we do? Jesse's saying we should actually reach out to them, we should connect with them, because together our differences can be harmonized. It's, it's a beautiful thing, and this is where it brings the whole message of Ephesians, the body, the parts in the body, you know? So Paul is saying so much, but, it's, but the point is he doesn't start with Ephesians 4, the parts of the body. He starts with one that we're in Christ, and then it overflows to chapter 4. Okay, we've got a, a thank you, Jesse. I know you guys probably got more to share. I, uh, next, okay, at our 11 o'clock service, I'll end the sermon quicker, because this is really getting good now, I think. But I wanted to say, Phil wanted to, something online. He says, I think God wanted all of us to experience family regardless of our earthly family. Some have close family, but many do not know or have a lot of plain, pain, pain in regards to family. I can speak as a witness. I, I, my family experience in my early youth was incredible, and then it all fell apart. It was so painful. And, and I, used to be resent, I used to be resentful. I used to blame. I used to. Now I see that God was just preparing me to enter into his family where he's our father and he's adopted us and to value you you are my family amen now i still love my family my sister's watching and we still have a great family but the spiritual family is deeper than the physical i think you were going to say something and we probably should move on i was i was just going to point out phil said that it was a great thought okay there's privileges of adoption, but there's responsibilities. And think about that. Um, these, these, by the way, were sent to you, so you can think about these things. And I'm going to be doing a video tonight for our discipling partner times to have some discussion as well. Um, how have you seen God's timing, etc.? So, so we need to end, but thank you for your interaction. Thank you, guys. Uh, we're we're kind of keeping experimenting with how, how we're going to do this. I don't know. And... Uh, but let's go ahead and move on to our uh, contribution talk, and we'll have announcements, and then we'll be done.